So, Warwick, I'm coming around to your house for a dinner party and Ooh. I want five celebrities there. So who would you invite, dead or alive? Yikes. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good good choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in my top five. Uh, Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah, he's also in my top five. This Edward, is going to be a good dinner party. Edward Norton. Oh, really? Um, uh, gee whiz. I should, I should probably chuck a chick in there, shouldn't I? Uh, yeah. And what uh, about someone, you know, like... Hang on, this is my five, not your five. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm coming, so I want it to be good. Um, Robert De Niro. Right. And they're all dudes, aren't they, yeah. so far? You know, you know why? Because whichever female I pick, I'm going to get <laughs> beaten up about this when I get home to my wife. Uh, Scarlett Johansson. Oh, yeah, she's not bad. <laughs> Thanks. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. And welcome to another episode of the Tradies Business Show with myself, Michaela. And Hollywood was. <laughs> <laughs> you See, wish you could get Scarlett Johansson to bloody dinner with you. I'm too tall for her. <laughs> I think that would be the least of my worries. <laughs> uh, anyway, g'day listeners, welcome back to the show. Can we so get serious she, now? Well, if she asked you to bake her a big chocolate cake with heaps of icing and eat it with her, would you? Can I have a moment, please? Because <laughs> Warwick hasn't had sugar in a long time, so I'm just trying to see the... Could you see the struggle in my face? It was like... You really were. God, do I eat the sugar or do I say no to Scarlett Johansson? <laughs> Probably not a problem you're going to have to encounter in your life, but anyway. And so. if you're listening, Scarlett, g'day. Uh, it'd be great to have you on the show. <laughs> uh, I'm sure some of our tradie listeners would like to hear your thoughts on business. <laughs> and we're lucky today because we're hearing from Kelly's thoughts on yes. business on the show today. Could I, could I be so bold as to... Anyway. Uh, yeah, Kelly Exeter. Uh, yeah, Pretty interesting chat today. Um, again, one of those interviews where I suppose I should stop doing this is coming in with preconceived ideas about who we're talking to on the show. But um, yeah, really good talk to Kelly, and uh, I love her stuff. Mm. I'm a fan. Yeah, she's a fan. Um, she's a she's fan. a fan. Is she a fan of the show? She is, and she's a fan of mine. <laughs> <laughs> so she loves your work. <laughs> you just keep talking yourself yeah, up. Yeah. And how about we just play the interview? Do you reckon that'd be a good idea? Well, firstly, we'll <laughs> tell people about Kelly. We'll do the official stuff, Kelly you know. Uh, so Can she's you? the editor of Flying Solo. Yes. Uh, Australia's largest community of small business owners. She also writes a blog at A Life Less Frantic. Sounds good to me. And also has a book called... Oh. Your Best Year Yet. <laughs> it's got moved from my desk for all of a sudden. It was, it was there a second ago. <laughs> this is why it's good to have a co-host, because we can cover for each other. That's it. Let's just get into it. All right. Sounds good. And welcome to the show, Kelly. Hello, Michaela. Hello, Warwick. G'day, Kelly. Good to have you on the show. Now, it's good to hear your Thank voice you. again, my drinking buddy from the Philippines. I know that a couple of <laughs> uh, episodes ago, we talked about uh, what I learned at Tropical Think Tank, just so I can make out I actually did some work over there and can justify the trip. But uh, Kelly and her wonderful husband were there as well. So uh, we had a great week, didn't we? 
We had an amazing week. Yeah, still, I'm still experiencing the re-entry. What is it? What are we, three weeks after the fact? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, I'm it's, still not, you know. <laughs> That's a bit of a worry, isn't it? It's been a, it's been a tough one because I know we both have kids and and coming back from spending you know seven odd days in a five star resort just um, eating, drinking, and yeah, swimming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, I mean business education and development. Yeah, while well, I was here slaving yeah, away learning, in the recording studio. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've just got a question straight up, Kelly. So you took uh, this poor guy called Ant that your book is dedicated to uh and i love this i'm going to read this out for the listeners so um you have to get a copy of kelly's book it's called your best year yet um which is a great title for a book but um you actually say in here that it's dedicated to ant for being you and for loving me even though i'm a massive pain in the ass i love that It's what, good, isn't it? Yeah, what, it's his birthday tomorrow, actually, and I'll have to remind him of that that dedication because, yeah, <laughs> I am a massive pain in the ass, and he does put up with me very well. Um, and so, yeah, I did think it was worth acknowledging in in my first book. So, Kelly, this we didn't prep for this, so I'm going to drop this one on you. But what actually makes you a massive <laughs> pain in the ass? <laughs> or is that too long a question to answer? What What makes me a massive pain in the ass? Yeah. Oh, do you know what I was thinking about this the other day? Because I've been in, I've been in real writing mode all week. Because um, I've just had heaps of articles to produce. And do you know what? You don't want to be around a writer when they're in writing mode because they're so vague and they don't want to talk to you and they can't have a normal conversation because their mind's on you know the seven things that they're working on at the moment. So I think yeah, anyone who is married to a writer is married to a massive pain in the ass. It, it, it can be quite painful. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I just... feel sorry for Aunt. I feel sorry for my kids. Um, I try to be really present when I'm around them, but when I am in writing mode, it is – I don't want to be around myself, so I can only imagine what it's like to be them. <laughs> and I honestly think it's good to see a wife actually admit that she's a pain in the ass because, let's be honest, most of us are. Oh, there we go. <laughs> most of the time anyway. Uh-huh. So uh, tell us a little bit about, about your background, Kelly. Okay, so, wow, it's one of those ones, where do I start? I think I'll start around when I started. So I started, I'm a graphic designer. Um, I, okay, actually I go back to uni because that's where I met Ant. We, we both studied human movement at uni, which is, which is sports science, and Anthony went on to be a teacher, a maths teacher, and I went on to become a graphic designer. So there you go. It's amazing where, where a sports science degree can take you. Um, so, yeah, so in 2006, I um, went out on my own. So I'd been working for a marketing agency for four years as a graphic designer. And then in 2006, I went out on my own and started Swish Design, so my own graphic design business. And um, that grew quite quickly. Um, almost from the word go, it was profitable and grew very quickly. And then in 2009, we had our first child. Um, and that's when things got a bit stressful and a bit over the top because I hadn't set the business up to work without me in it. So, you know, my son was born on 31st of July and invoices needed to go out on the 1st of August. So that's what I was doing from hospital, much to my client's horror. Um, so as you can imagine, 18 months later of, you know, trying to be a great mum, to a, a first-time mum to a newborn and trying to be a good person and a good wife and all those things. The list got, is very got long, a bit much. <laughs> and um, 
it, it's kind of long. Um, and I had I effectively had a bit of a breakdown. So I didn't want anything to do with the business anymore. I was ready to just walk away from it. And Ant just happened to be on long service at the time from school. And he so he took over running things. Long story short, he did a much better job job of running the business than I did. I'm you know I'm a creative person. I I don't you know I'm not really into numbers and managing people, and I, I just want to sit down and do my creative thing. So he took over, made the business profitable. It's been going really well. It's you know him taking over the business has allowed me to you know go back to being a designer get back on you know get back with writing which is something I've done my whole life but kind of dropped off you know over the 10 years or so that I was at uni and starting the business um and so today I am so last year I took on a role with flying solo dot com dot au so it's Australia's largest online community for solo and micropreneurs as their editor which is a bit of a bit of a dream role for me because it you know it's editing it's writing it's on the topic of you know small business which is something I'm very passionate about um and yeah and that's basically where I am today so I still help um in the background with our business but he does most of the heavy lifting and um yeah I get to spend my days really doing the stuff I love which is quite magical I have to say (laughs) So, Kelly, what you're saying is you and Ant actually work together. Yeah, we do. And for the most part, we're a pretty good team <laughs> for the most part. What's, what would you say is uh, <laughs> some of the secrets to, to that? Because a lot of our listeners are in business where they work with their spouse um, in different roles. Yeah. But what's, what, what's your secret to success of you and Ant actually still having a marriage <laughs> um, after working yeah. together in the business? Well, I have to say it was touch and go there for a while. Not that you know, not so much on the marriage front, but it's funny because um, I took I took about eighteen months right away from the business when we had our daughter um, a couple of years ago, um, and so at, you know, and left at just Ant to his completely his own devices to run things. And then I came back into the business last year, and things got quite awkward because, of course, he was doing things the way that I wouldn't do them, and I was. You know, and I guess I was keen to show that you know I was valuable to this business, and you know there was there was a lot of fighting, there was a lot of not good stuff, um, and I guess essentially what it came down to in the end, first of all, I had to we had to make sure that our roles were very clearly defined because it was very confusing for our staff as well because you know oh my God Kelly's come back in and who do we listen to now and oh this is awkward they're having a having a bit of a loud discussion in Anthony's office at the moment and you know so yeah so we had to kind of become very clear about our roles and who kind of had veto rights over certain decisions but I think um, Michaela mentioned this in her rundown of Tropical Think Tank is so Kate Erickson gave gave a talk and she mentioned because she works with her partner John Lee Dumas and she said as long as you're mission vision and values and goals are aligned you can make it work and I so for Anthony and I our core mission and vision for the business and for our family which I think is important I think you have to be on the same page both for where you want the business to go but also for the life you want to lead for your family so as long as those two things are aligned And as long as you can be honest with each other and have candid conversations and work through things, 
you'll be right. But if those things aren't aligned and if you're kind of going in different directions, I think you're going to struggle a little bit. Yeah, and the other thing I found with Kate's talk as well was that concept of having date time, which is the two of you, and also having me time. And really it's often, you know, the me time that's the hardest to achieve and, and have balance in. So how do you find that with, you know, working with Anne and all these other things that you do? Yeah, essentially, I, um, I've gotten, I guess, because of what I write about on my blog and, and where I've been and where I've come to, I'm very big on me time and I'm very good at getting that. It unfortunately involves getting up at 4.30 in the morning, um, but I do it and I love it and it makes a huge difference to me. One thing we're not good at is our time where we're just it's just us you know, away from the kids doing stuff together. Um, And I think that's why Tropical Think Tank was amazing for us was, you know, it was eight days of just being husband and wife and not having to worry about anyone else. Um, And so I've kind of, on coming home, like one of my goals is to have all our housework and chores and any other little things that normally, you know, get done once the kids go to bed, get them done before the kids go to bed so that, once the kids do, we can just sit on the couch. Like we, we're big footy fans. We, we don't watch much TV, but we do love watching AFL 360. <laughs> so that's kind of our thing. We, we tape AFL 360, the kids go to bed, um, and we sit on the couch and we watch the AFL 360 together. And I know that's probably a bit lame as far as husband and wife time goes, but it's kind of that's just it's something simple like that makes a big difference. Yeah, and I mean, it's not lame at all because, um, well, for you guys, it's a great year because Frio, you're big Frio supporters and they're <laughs> yeah. still undefeated well, on the I top. Well, I am Anson Eagle supporter. Oh. Our two teams are both on top of the ladder at the moment. Wow. It's really bizarre. I'd love to I be. I don't know. I expect my team to be there. I don't know what his team's doing there. It's really weird. <laughs> I'd love to come to your house for grand final day if they're in it together. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I think, not pretty. yeah, having a shared passion, whatever that is, I think is so great. Now, mm. you know, for me, I really do struggle with the the me time thing you know we've got three kids and we've got multiple businesses and we're just pulled in a million directions so what have you got some tips for people that really especially um uh guys seem to find this easy i'm generalizing you know some people just go right motorbike riding on the weekend whenever they want yeah thank you yeah uh (laughs) but um for us um often the ladies you know we really struggle with you know we get guilt around having time to ourselves and things like that so what tips do you have for all these women that are struggling in that area i guess what i generally pull it all back to is being your best self and if you can't be your best self you're not you're not really all that great to the people who are closest to you and I know this myself from the days where I was really struggling I I just wasn't good to anyone you know okay I was a passable mum I was a passable wife I was doing a fine job but I could have just been better and I want to I don't want to just be an okay mum an okay wife I want to be good I want to be great um so I tell people that you know that that time is crucial to you being your your best self and when you are your best self you're not just nice to your family and usually they're the last people you're nice to if you if you think about it so you know you're nice to the people you meet on the street you're nice to the mums at school you're nice to you know your staff and the only way you can be your best self is if you are getting time in the day to breathe so you just have to carve that time out you have to make it important hopefully your partner 
sees it as important and will carve it out or help you carve it out as well. And I mean, ultimately, I'm lucky my kids sleep so I can get up at 4.30 in the morning and know that I'm going to get, you know, two and a half hours to myself before anyone else gets up. I use that time for writing. I use that time for exercising. Um, And then it just means I don't have to try and get time to myself for the rest of the day. I'm kind of ready to go. I know other people aren't that lucky. So it might even be like 10 minutes in the shower by yourself. It might be just a 10-minute walk around the block or, you know, just the ability to have a coffee and read the paper in the morning. But, you know, I think a lot of people kind of hope that it will just happen for them or they'll expect somebody else to make it happen for them. And ultimately, you just have to make it happen for yourself. You need to have a conversation with whoever can help you achieve that, whether it's a grandparent or, a, you know, as in your parents, whoever's going to be able to help you achieve it forget the guilt it's a pointless emotion and just just make it happen for yourself i know that sounds simplistic but you kind of just you just have to and i I also think kelly uh i know uh was talking more i guess about the women um out there listening and how do they actually create that me time but I, i find people just don't actually allow themselves to have that it's it's Almost like we're in a state of, uh, you know, we have to deny ourselves any of that if we want to get ahead in life and to stop still for 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it might be feels a little indulgent. Um, but the reality is yeah. the opposite is true. If you take those those little bits of time out, uh, and I can't remember the episodes, but, you know, we've spoken to Michelle House and uh, Martina Sheehan about similar things. Um, it's really about allowing ourselves to have that and recognizing it as being a really important part of achieving our, our goals. Yeah, I absolutely. I, I get very frustrated when people see it as a luxury and as something that, you know, it'd be a nice to have. It's it's not a nice to have. It's it's crucial for your mental health. And if you, you know, I guess the whole thing with mental health is, you know, it's not a visible thing when it's, you know, until you're really, really quite cracked. Um, and from someone who's been quite cracked, you just don't want to get there. So... I think I just remember having a conversation with my therapist once that it frustrated me a bit about myself that it took me, I had to run myself right into the ground before I felt justified in making the necessary changes. And I know that there is just, that is just such a common thing to do. And it's so ridiculous in hindsight. And I just, you know, I really encourage people not to run themselves into the ground before they make those changes to, to kind of, yeah, don't see it as a luxury. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a basic life skill to carve out time for yourself. And it's, it's um, a bit of a, an analogy, and I like to, to talk in analogies and stories, and Michaela loves it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, ser- <laughs> servicing your car is not a luxury. If you don't service your car, it breaks down. And if you wait until it's broken to fix it, it costs a hell of a lot more. And then sometimes it's it's non-fixable. And with humans we're exactly the same you know we need to actually look at these maintenance programs with the time out and the physical side of things and and the spiritual emotional maintenance that we need to do to keep performing at a high level oh yeah i love that analogy and i'm i'm going to steal it actually trademark it trademark come on i've i've got uh, journal what's what's that thing journalists have integrity is do they have any of that 
journalistic integrity. What is it? Um, it's still like an artist. Poetic like an license. Artist. Oh, yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. So, Kelly, um, as well as having the dream gig as the editor for uh, this massive community of um, solo entrepreneurs and micro-businesses with Flying Solo, uh, mm-hmm. you, you're also a blogger um, of A Life Less Frantic is the name of your blog. Um, yep. where you share, I guess, more of your story and, uh, and your book that you've written, Your Best Year Yet. How did you come to yep. start the blog and, and uh, you know, what's that really meant to you? I know, I know you've said you're a writer, but uh, yep. how did that all come about? So it's funny. Um, I started the blog because um, I wanted to be Sarah Wilson. Um, I thought she had a really lovely personal brand and I just wanted to have one like that. And so I kind of started it when I first started. And I wanted, to play, I wanted an outlet for writing. You know, I've, I've always been a writer. I love writing and I wanted to get back to it. And I, I kind of started that blog before I realized there were any other bloggers in Australia, which is a weird thing to think, but there you go. Um, <laughs> nice to think you're the only one. Yeah, like I'm the only one um, other than Sarah Wilson. But, yeah, I just wanted a place to write and I didn't – it took took me a few, you know, probably a solid year or so to kind of latch on to what I would actually write about before. I mean, I got my blog actually – I lost my whole blog earlier this year and have been slowly restoring it, but I haven't restored the very, very early post because I was so cringeworthy and so – they were just trying so hard. And the reason they were trying so hard is because I just didn't – I was completely, completely lost. Hang on a second. Um, we, I just didn't – So we have to go back. You lost yeah. your blog. Like I, I have a blog as well writing. and I would cry for days if I was to lost all past writings and work. <laughs> so I'd hate to think how much you lost. How old was the blog? Uh, it was well, – I started in 2010. Oh. So it was five <laughs> – yeah, Michaela, you're gonna make me feel. Holy you're gonna make me no. cry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I've okay. Dealt, I've dealt with it. I've dealt with it. But you know, do you know what? There's this great website called websites.archive. or web.archive.org that actually um, it kind of catalogs websites and it it managed to actually save a lot of my blog posts. I've, and I had all my blog posts saved as well. So it's just a matter of. Re- restoring them literally blog Goodness post me. by blog post. Wow. <laughs> but um, it, 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 well, do, well, do you know what? It was interesting because when I first found out I'd lost it, I, I felt initially I was a bit numb and then I, then I felt really sick because I was like, wow, that is, it, it's a, you know, it catalogued five years of my life and it catalogued quite um, a torrid time in my life as well. So, you know, it felt like, oh, I just lost a part of myself, you know. You know, happily I found them all again. But, yeah, so that was a, re- you know, I I really didn't know why I started the blog other than I just wanted somewhere to write and hopefully have people read it. Um, but over time, what it, it, it really helped me clarify my purpose in life and, you know, any happiness research slash study will tell you that, True happiness in life comes from knowing that you have a purpose on this earth. It doesn't come from, you know, and, and feeling connected with people. So that's what the blog has been for me. Like, yeah, a couple of years ago, I found out that my personality type, which is a INFJ, we really like helping people bring order to their lives. And that was like a big aha moment for me because I'm like, oh, my God, that's what I do on my blog. You know, I just didn't realize that I... 
you know, I write about helping people bring order to their lives because I feel that, you know, I feel that if you feel in control of your life as much as you can be in control of your life, um, you, you know, it just allows you to be able to do more of the stuff that you'd love to do, more of the stuff that you're passionate about, and it just allows you to be your best self. And when we're all being our best selves, we're, you know, we're putting good stuff out in the world and we're helping other people be their best best selves too. So I guess that's ultimately, you know, what drives my blog and what's been driving it for, you know, the last three or four years once I kind of settled on that purpose. So the irony... And I guess that's what's... <clears throat> Sorry, Kelly. Uh, Sorry, you got uh, There's a, there's a bit of a lag on uh, on the the call today, listeners. But uh, the irony there, Kelly, is that profile that you just mentioned is the I think it's Myers Briggs. Uh, you're you're an introvert, yes. and you're the editor yes. of Australia's largest uh, entrepreneur, <laughs> solo entrepreneur and micro yeah. business community. Uh, and you're this you know fantastic blogger, and you've got a published book. So how do you cope with, I guess the fame or the recognition that that comes with all of that I and mean, Michaela's busting to jump in here as I was well say, and she's speaking at pro blogger this year which is one of the biggest blogging conferences um around and she's doing a keynote there so for an introvert i can imagine that's quite difficult yeah it's interesting a lot of people say that to me because a lot of my friends um who've read my book they're like you know they find it hard to reconcile yeah my my quietness and my introversion with how much I will put myself out there by my blog and book and you know various writings and I guess for me it works because there's a barrier you know to me I write and then I press publish and I don't think too much about you know who's reading on the other end I guess it got a little bit weird when I, my son started school because then mums from school were happening across my blog and I was like, wow, okay, so I'm not used to, I have this like very online world and I love the online world because it means I can dip in and out of it as my energy levels you know, allow me to. Sometimes I've got a lot of energy for it and I'll be very present there and some days I just don't want to talk to anybody and so I just don't have to and so that's what I really love about the online world um, and I've as far as being feeling exposed, um, because in my head there's this little bit of a barrier of I'm writing, someone's reading it, but I don't know who they are. And you know, if they're taking something away from it, good. If they think something of me, well, I don't know about it, so it doesn't matter. But yeah, when it starts crossing over into the real world, that's been a little bit weird. Um, and that's something I'm still trying to figure out how to deal with. But um yeah, but I do love the online world because I guess I've written this on my blog before. I feel like that's where I am my best self. Like the person that I want to be is the person that I am online and um, I'm very chatty and friendly and open and I want to bring more of that into, you know, the offline world and, you know, it's within a, reason. It's like, interesting you know. uh, because when you look at, what goes on in social media. I know the space you're in, Kelly, is, is very different to that. Um, <clears throat> certainly much more professional than yeah. all the things that get written in social media. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, we have this whole keyboard warrior phenomenon where people have oh, yeah. like a whole different persona um, sitting behind the computer screen than if they were in public. Uh, and, you know, I don't, I'm not really looking to raise a specific point there other than I think with our listeners yeah. is... Often they get so wrapped up 
or, or they um, they personally become so enmeshed with their business. Uh, and I had a conversation with one of my clients that I mentor this morning on, on just this topic where it gets hard for them to separate themselves from the business and what happens to the business almost yeah. happens to them as well. It's like somebody stabbed them in the in the arm, you know, something yeah. bad happens in their business. So how, how can people kind of create a bit more of that separation and, and make sure that they don't take things on board too personally? Um, I guess, it, I mean, probably, I guess, it comes back to the word failure. And I think probably the best thing I've read on the topic of failure is, um, you know, you are not a failure. Something that you've done might have failed, but you yourself are not a failure. And I think we have to make that distinction very clear that because, you know, we don't want to be afraid to fail. I, I, I think failing's one of the greatest things we can do because we learn so much from it. And I um, I know you're a triathlete, Warwick, so you'll get this, but um, I used to be a triathlete. And, you know, if I had a race that, you know, I went well in, um, I didn't think too much about it. I just went, yeah, sweet, you know, that was great and I did good. And I, don't, I, I didn't dig very deep, whereas it's the races that really went pear-shaped <laughs> that I learned the, the most from and, you know, I've had lots of those, ultimately Kelly. grew the most. <laughs> <laughs> if you've learned a lot from your race oh, yeah. and I just think if we're you know if we're never failing we're not learning and if we're not learning we're not growing so yeah separating out the failure is you know it's not, nothing about us as a person we as a person are not a failure the things that we've tried have not worked out we've learned from them and we've moved on and I, I do have a chapter about that in my book actually which is yeah it, it's all about that I there's no such thing as failure. There's just learning and experience. It's so funny you mention that because I have that chapter open in the book <laughs> right in front of me. So I'm about to quote you. But uh, it was actually one of my favourite um, chapters in the book, which is your best year yet, seven simple ways to shift your thinking and take charge of your life. And it's a great, easy read, but with so much value and content in it. And one thing I love, because, you know, facing your fears has been a big thing for me in the last 12 months. And it's what, yep. I love where you say we need to start thinking what's the best that can happen instead of, you know, thinking what's the worst that mm. can happen. And I just want to share this quote, you know, it's time to achieve your wobbly courage because nothing ruins a good year more than letting fear rule your life. And I really believe a lot of people, whether personally or professionally, you know, they don't get to where they want to be purely because of fear, you know, worrying about if they do fail, what yep. that means or what other people mm. think. Like, so what if? Yeah, yeah. So how about we think about what the best thing can happen and see where it can go from there? Oh, no. I think that's such a powerful thing because we do, we do spend a lot of time when we're assessing whether something might work or not, we do spend a lot of time thinking, all right, how can this go wrong and how will I feel when it goes wrong and, oh, gosh, you know, can I handle that thing happening? Instead of thinking what could go right, you know, and um. You know, I, I sent out a, an email earlier this week and I was talking about, you know, being able to speak at ProBlogger this year. And, you know, I went to my first ProBlogger in 2010, I think, or 2011. Anyway, I decided that I wanted to, you know, be a speaker at ProBlogger, like how, you know, how full of myself am I. <laughs> but um, so... For, for the very next year, I started putting in a speaker submission and I have put in a speaker submission for the last four years for ProBlogger and finally this year, I got a yes. But, you know, I don't think I would have got that yes this year 
had it not been for those four no's because I learnt from the four no's. I learnt how to tailor my pitch. I learnt how to look at what talks had been given before and come up with one that hadn't been given on a topic that hasn't been touched on and give that topic a bit of a, you know, a bit of a fresh look as well. So, you know, if, you know, and I, it's not fun being rejected. It's not fun having that email come back going, you know, thank you for your submission, but unfortunately, you know, we, we won't be able to use you this year. Um, and it's hard not to sit there and go, oh, God, I, I feel like such an idiot. I can't believe I put in that submission. They must be looking at it going, what was she thinking? Like as if we would have her speak, you know. You just can't think like that even though it's very natural. you just got to just do it and know that every single no leads you closer to a yes, basically. And it's uh, we could talk about it for hours, <clears throat> some of the, the yep. things that I guess uh, I like to, to say to people is so what? So what? You didn't get in yeah. this year. Big deal. You, you didn't die. Uh, exactly. You know, nothing. Nothing physically bad is going to happen to you if you put yourself out there in business or make a bad decision. Yeah, you can lose money, but you know that sort of stuff you can recover from. It's it's not like jumping off a mountain with a a wingsuit and having a crack at base jumping for the first time. You know, you should really be shit scared about that. Yeah. Uh, but yes, you know, definitely. <laughs> having a crack at a, a marketing strategy or doing some YouTube videos or whatever it might be. What's the worst that can happen? So I love that uh, that take on that as well, Kelly. Definitely, and I think one, yeah, I guess one of the favorite, one of my favorite things I wrote in the book was along the terms of you know what the, one of the biggest things that hold us back is the is the thought of what will other people think. So often we go to do something and then we won't do it because we think, oh, what will other people think? Will they think I'm a bit full of myself? Will they think? you know, I shouldn't be trying this. Well, they think, oh, my God, she's a bad mother. Like, And so if you can take out that whole what will other people think out of your vocabulary and out of your mindset, gosh, you know, the sky is the absolute limit for what you can and will achieve. Yeah, and personally for me, the biggest thing and change I made in the last 12 months was purely that. I actually stopped caring what other people thought um, and I'm just going to do yeah. my thing, you know. And so I guarantee you right now that this podcast wouldn't be happening unless I changed that mindset. Uh, in that way that I exactly. really actually stop caring what, what people are going to say you either uh, you know enjoy it or don't listen you find it valuable or you don't find it valuable yeah. and if you don't don't listen don't read the book don't read the blog don't watch that TV show whatever um, and I think we get so caught up in what other people are going to think and worry about what I'm going to wear today and you know what if somebody <laughs> you know whatever we waste so much time and energy on this stuff and it doesn't matter oh it's the energy is this is such is such a pointless waste of energy thinking those thoughts, isn't it? And when you think, oh, what I could put that energy towards if I wasn't thinking that way, it yeah, yeah, it's amazing. And so Warwick would never have met me if I didn't start thinking that. So <laughs> and I wouldn't have been wearing this shirt today either. <laughs> so um, that's great. So. Uh, the other great thing that you're doing is editor of Flying Solo, which we've touched on. And tell us a little bit about uh, the community because this is an amazing online community um, of Australian small businesses. And so tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we're, we're now at 77,000 plus members in our online community. So, And the bulk of those, and we've got 25,000 members of of followers on Facebook, but really the strength of our community is obviously those 77,000 members on the website, in our forums, who are just 
you know, they're there to help. It's, you know, it's people who are in the same boat as you and me. We're all small business owners. We all have the same problems. We all have cash flow issues. We all want to spend more time working on the business rather than in the business. We all want to know how to get, you know, better, more qualified leads and new clients. Um, so it's a bunch of people who think the same as you because they have an entrepreneurial mindset, whether, you know, a lot of small business owners kind of reject that. They think, oh, I'm not an entrepreneur, but you are. We all are. Um, we all want, we, we really all want the lifestyle that comes with it. We want that flexibility. We want that time with our kids that you can't get if you're in a salary, you know, nine to five job. So we all want the same things. We all have the same problems. And that's what's beautiful about that community is that, everyone's been there so if you're looking for that support or if you're looking for a bit of advice or if you've just you know you've just experienced a weird client email you can go in you can share and there are going to be people there going yep we totally get it and I think that's the strength of the community is you know because you know for the most part it's people who are working by themselves they you know they're not in an office they don't have that um, water cooler type thing where they can just chat with people or vent or rant or celebrate successes so that's what the um what the online community provides for yeah for soloists all over australia and we yeah we're, we're very proud of it and it's yeah it's just a fantastic bunch of people it's it's such an important part of business particularly small business that i think is missing and uh you talk about this a little bit in your book as well kelly but um being connected to other humans is uh, really valuable yes. because I, I think especially in small business and obviously the flying solo community um, is very well represented there is we, we become very isolated and cut off, not so much physically, but I think on a day-to-day basis, we're just so engrossed in everything that we're doing in our lives that we don't take that time out that we spoke about earlier in the interview to not only have time for ourselves, but make the time to connect with other people and just get feedback yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, I guess this is what Michaela and I found out when we, not found out, we probably knew it already when we went to Tropical Think Tank, but it's the connections that we have made. You know, there are 50 people there. We're in a Facebook group with them. We, again, all have the same problems. We're all trying out things and just having that, you know, the connectedness with people who just get it, who just get what you're doing and why you're doing it and where you've been and where you want to go. And not having to explain it to them, they just get it, um, is so, so valuable. It's amazing. Yeah, and I found that was the, the great thing about that trip as well, is just being with your peeps that understand you a little bit. And mm. Because I work from home most of the time and I don't have that water cooler stuff anyway. I just love being around, you know, similar entrepreneurs and it really did build me up. And I'm a member of the Flying Solo community, have been for quite a few years. And I found that, you know, the forum's great as well as all the articles and everything else. And I know it's got a podcast as well. So it's just a really great yeah. community yeah. for knowledge or if you want to know anything, get recommendations for people. Um, so you've really done a great job driving and I think it's such a valuable resource. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Michaela. Appreciate that. <laughs> 
And uh, I, I just wanted to uh, mention there too, there's, there's a great book, you know, you're talking about being part of community and Facebook groups and all that sort of stuff. Um, I loved, uh, although it's not exactly about that, but Seth Godin's book, Tribes, um, it's the yeah. same with customers, you know, is, is we can use the power of community in so many different ways, whether it's to help ourselves in our business or, you know, with the way we parent our kids or, you know, helping our customers feel like they belong. But we are we are a tribal race, you know. We, we used to actually mm. hang out in groups and now we've got all this amazing technology which makes us more productive and apparently more connected and yet we're more cut off than yeah. ever before. So that's it. And I think that's what we have to be careful to do. We have to be use that technology to be connected. We can use it to be very disconnected. We can use it to be covetous and you know jealous of what other people are achieving and we forget that people are generally only showing the highlight reel of their life and we can choose to use it for that or we can choose to use it you know, for good, you know, to be connected to people out there. And, you know, humans are viscerally, we need to feel connected in order to be happy. It's one of those, one of those things we need. So, yeah, use those online communities. Find your tribe, as, you know, Seth Godin wrote in his book, which he wrote, gosh, so many years ago. I just wondered if he envisioned what was happening now when he wrote that book. It, it just it, it kind of makes me, blows my mind a little bit. He's so ahead of his time. Yeah, um, we're we're going to get Seth on the show one day. <laughs> I know Tim. I know Timbo Reed has uh, has not had any luck it. with that, but um, I, I'm going to I'm going to jump in here, Kelly, and and please um, forgive my poetic license here, but it is our show. Um, I, I'm going to actually talk about to our, for our listeners. Um, Michaela and I have created a community uh, for tradies in the tradies business toolkit. Obviously, through the show, you know, we've got the Facebook page and everything, but. Um, we've got a members area for people, um, tradiesbusinesstoolkit.com. We have some fantastic discussions that take place inside our private Facebook group where people have a bit of safety talking about specifics in their business with people from other states in Australia um, and completely different industries. And it's really cool to see that stuff going on and just the, the I guess, the outcomes off the back of just those simple conversations that strangers are having. Oh, I think that's so awesome. I think it's so valuable to be able to connect with. And what I love about it is when people are so generous with their knowledge and they don't hold it close to their chest. They go, "Look, I've experienced that too, and here's how you know how here's how I dealt with it." Yeah, I think I love this the way I love the way the world is now. That um, actually, I've got we've got an article coming out on the site next week from Dan Norris about the generosity economy and how generosity does scale. And yeah, I love seeing things like that. You know, groups like you guys have set up where, where people are very generous with their knowledge, and you know, they don't hold their cards close to their chest. They put everything out there it's to to the good of everyone. So yeah, it's awesome. And so you'd have a unique perspective having seventy seven thousand members in the small business community. What do you <laughs> think are some of the, I guess, mistakes or challenges that you see that small business owners are making that really is probably holding them back from where they want to get to? Do you see some common themes that seem to happen uh, in the community? Yeah. Um, well, as I mentioned before, cash flow is always the number, number one thing that everybody has a problem with and it is and is the number one thing holding them back from growing their business because when you're in a poor cash flow position, you tend to make scarcity-based, fear-based decisions. You can't see, you know, you can't think big because you're just, 
in this day-to-day drama of how am I going to pay my bills, who, how am I going to pay my suppliers. So, and, and everyone wants the easy answer for, for something like cash flow and there isn't one in, as much as it is you've got to invoice regularly and you've got to chase up those invoices or you've got to get payment in advance, um, thing, things like that. So cash flow seems to be a really big one that holds a lot of people back. And I guess the other one is finding customers. Um, and really in this, you know, we've spoken about the connection thing and every, you know, everything that's good that's happened to me in blogging and writing and in business in the last four or five years has come through the people I know as opposed to what I know. And of course, being an introvert, I don't go to networking things. I don't press the flesh. I don't, you know, I just don't do stuff like that. And it was always a bit of a problem. Like, well, how am I going to get connected? How am I going to make, you know, meet people that can, that I can help and that they can help me grow my business. And this is such a unique world we live in, in that someone like me who is not just introverted, but also incredibly shy can get online make really genuine relationships with people, meet people and build genuine relationships with them and then reap the benefit of those you know, relationships. Yeah, I wouldn't have the flying solo job had I not gotten online and got to know people. Um, yeah, there's so much positive stuff that's come my way. So I think a lot of people are still stuck in that whole, I've got to go to a networking you know, thing and, or a B&I and I've got to, they're going to refer thing people to me, but only if I refer people to them. And it's such a contrived way of doing things. Whereas being in this online world, I know, um, Michaela, I know you, you're keen to get your get tradies blogging because it's such a um, such an opportunity. No one's doing it. So if someone does it and they do it well, you know, gosh, they're going to kill it because it's such an amazing way of showing your expertise, creating goodwill, connecting with people in a meaningful way. Um, and then you don't have to do anything because people, people are just going to come to you. I know our Swish Design blog generates a huge amount of goodwill and a huge amount of Google traffic for us and we don't currently have to go looking for work because it all comes to us. So there's this opportunity here in this world that we live in that a lot of people just aren't taking advantage of and they are stuck in that kind of old school mindset of, you know, that whole networking kind of thing, which makes me, you know, gives me hives a bit, I have to admit. <laughs> uh, yeah, and look, we do talk on the show a lot about blogging and content marketing um, in this space, particularly yeah. because we find that trades are the perfect industry. They have so much valuable knowledge they mm. can share and no one yeah. is doing it. And so even if they just, you know, had a, a regular blog, it would do so much for their business as far as, like you said, with Google, Goodwill, um, you know, showing their authority and leadership in their areas and all of a sudden they'll become the local go-to person and, you know, they can, you know, speak out a blog or, you know, and get it transcribed or they can get their smartphone out on the job site and quickly film them doing something or explaining why and that can be uploaded in five minutes. It's so easy for them now and it's cheap and it's just a matter of them starting to do it and, you know, can really make them the authority yeah and go just to do a couple yep that's it's really uh oh, what are, yeah 
Oh, sorry, I was going to say, you know, in, in the trading world, like, it's so competitive. Like, you know, I type in Plumbers Perth and it's going to bring me up, you know, 15 plumbers. And how, how do I choose which one I go to, you know? So I, I do go a little bit like by their website. If Is their website nice? Is there a photo of them on their website? But God, you know, if they actually have a blog on their site and I get to see the actual personality or the person that sits behind this business, I am 100% going with them over anybody else every single time, you know, without a doubt. And I... We actually have painters and um, finance guys who have started blogging and they have had people say to them, you know, we went with you because of your blog, you know. So, yeah, and but no one's doing it. So yes, it's just such an opportunity. Our poor listeners hear me get sick of me banging on about it. I'm so glad someone else did for a change. I back change. Kayla up, people. I back her up. Do it, do it, do it. Prove me right because we all know I am. So. <laughs> moving on, moving on. Oh, look, I'm I'm just going to chuck an anecdote in there uh, for all the for all the men out there <laughs> feeling feeling a little bit um, beaten down at the moment by Michaela's uh, proving her right thing, but uh, I, I know um, I see with my clients because I bang on about it as well, and particularly I find a lot of the blokes actually um, more unwilling or less willing, whatever the right way is to say that, uh, to put themselves out there, whether it's via the YouTube video or the blog or whatever. I think sometimes it goes back to that whole identity thing is if they put themselves out there and people don't like it, um, what does that actually say about them? Which goes back to what we were saying about, you know, what other people think of me is none of my business. Um, but it's almost like, oh, I don't want to put stuff out there because it might look stupid or people will laugh at me or whatever. So I find a lot of blokes actually struggle with that. Um, but I've, I've... Do you know what it is, Warwick? Yeah. Do you know, it, it's a vulnerability thing. Yep. So women are very good at making themselves vulnerable. We do it every day. We connect with, you know, we can, you know, we can meet someone completely new, another female, and get, you know, and within 10 minutes we're talk, having a really deep and meaningful conversation with them. And if you're having a deep and meaningful conversation with someone, you're making yourself very vulnerable because you're sharing things that are very deeply personal. Guys aren't as good at that. And so... Yeah, and that's why they're reluctant to put themselves out there as much because it's it is a vulnerability thing. You are putting yourself out for effectively for judgment if you want to look at it that way. So they're not as well trained in it because women have been doing it their whole lives, men less so. But if you and this is something I will be speaking about at ProBlogger that if you are willing to make yourself vulnerable, the connections that you make are going to be so amazing you kick yourself that you've not been doing it sooner basically it just takes you know it takes a bit of courage to do it first but again what's the best that can happen amazing things that can happen so give it a go and then the more you know the more good stuff that comes your way from doing it the you know the easier it gets i promise well, I have to say, Kelly, that uh, you've really touched a nerve with me as well. I'm standing here <laughs> in our studio recording a podcast and it's actually, I've gone through some mental gymnastics to get my head around the number of people that listen to me every week in all sorts of countries yeah. and that are recognizing me and I actually have had to really, I guess as a as a bloke, come to terms with that you know, people are getting to know about me. I mean, they everybody now knows that I cried when I watched the movie The Notebook. Because, <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, at the, at the top of the show, we ask each other a, a silly question so, you know, our listeners get to know us a little bit better. Um, that was Michaela's yeah, idea, by the way. Yeah, and so we've actually shown a lot of vulnerability 
lately over those episodes. Well one done, of, as you should. Yeah, one of which was uh, I said to Warwick, had he ever cried in a movie, thinking he'd say no and show his manhood. <laughs> I was being it. honest. And he Go said, on. yes, the notebook. So he's not lived that down yet. Uh, I don't think I ever will. So, <laughs> Kelly, one of the questions we love to ask our guests when they do come on the show, and, and I, I think you'll find this pretty tough, but... Um, if you had a thousand tradies in the room, or maybe we should say seventy-seven thousand tradies in a room, uh, what's one thing you would love to uh, give them in terms of advice, or just a tip, or something to share with them? Oh gosh, one piece of advice. Um, I mean, you know, I, I find it hard to not come back to just the whole connection thing and the whole. Put yourself out there. Don't hold knowledge close to your chest. You know so much. You know so much more than you think. And people will be so grateful to you for sharing that knowledge in your head. And if you're able to share that knowledge in your head and create the connections that come from being generous and sharing that knowledge, the, the sky is absolutely the limit and opportunities will open up for you that you never even imagined. That's there you great go. Advice. Great advice, Kelly. Thank you. Well done. Well done. <laughs> you passed. <laughs> Not bad for off the cuff. Thanks for that. You promised no off the cuff questions. Well, guys. we we never tell our <laughs> listeners that. Uh, we never tell our guests that because we like to yeah. keep it spontaneous. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen yeah, here on the trip? The, the truth is, we don't actually do any planning. So no. there you go. Uh, so Kelly, um, if if our listeners do want to find out a bit more about you uh, and perhaps your blog, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, so the best way is to go to kellyexeter.com.au. So that's my blog and that's also a good jumping off point for pretty much everything that I do and everywhere that I am. But do come also to flyingsolo.com.au. Join up to the free community online. Avail yourself of all the amazing brains that are inside that community. Um, and, yeah, that's it. Great. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time today. It was uh, a great episode, and I'm certainly going to take a lot away from today. And I think I'm going to do some more me timing stuff. That's it. I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Big time on the me time. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Kelly. Great stuff. Thanks, Kelly. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much. See ya. Got a question you want answered on the show? Go to tradiesbusinessshow.com. So there you go. That was our interview with Kelly Exeter from A Life Less Frantic, also the editor of Flying Solo, 77,000. That's that's mind-boggling stuff. Uh, solo, solo entrepreneurs and uh, micro-business owners. Well, what a job checking all the grammars and um, <laughs> comma places for all the articles. That you wouldn't want to get readers. it wrong, would you? You get some pretty good feedback. Yeah, I reckon. But, so. uh, yeah, I... Um, I did. Uh, that blew me away when she said she lost her whole blog. Oh, five no. years of work. Oh, just. Anyway, um, so really quickly, for Tradies Business Toolkit members, you've already got access to the extended interview that we did with Kelly. So she actually runs through her seven antidotes um, for some of the, uh, I guess, limiting thoughts or behaviours that stop you having your best year every year. Uh, so that's at tradiesbusinesstoolkit.com. If you're not already a member, go and hit the webpage, join up. It's a dollar for 30 days. You can get access to that extended interview and uh, start implementing those things in your business. Yeah, and if you get in this month, it'll only be 10 bucks ongoing. ongoing. After July 1, it's going up. Mm-hmm. So jump on board now. And also jump on board face-to-face.edu.au, which is our show supporters, face-to-face training. So if you want to upskill your staff and... 
have the government pay for it in certain terms and conditions here. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you have a chat with them and they'll give you some nice incentives to do so. Yep. And you'll look good. Yeah, and your staff will love you. That's right. And you'll get more work. Till next time. Hooray. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.